Hey guys, welcome to FOMO Daily's K-Pop Stancast. Uh, today's a really fun episode. We have Tamar Herman back uh, in the studio with us. She's a writer for Billboard. She has her own blog called Cult Scene, writes for a ton of different places about K-Pop and is just really an expert in the field. And I get to sort of pick her brain about uh, all these different, I want to call them comebacks, but they're reunions that are happening with Jackie's and TVXQ and NRG and, and lots of different groups like that. So we kind of talk about the earlier days of K-pop versus the newer days. We talk about why some of these groups broke up in the first place. Um, we talk about whether we think they're gonna stick around. So lots of interesting insights. We get into a ton of fun conversations around that. But before we get into that episode, I wanted all you EXO fans to know that it's FOMO EXO week at the FOMO Daily shop. So that means all EXO shirts are buy one, get one free. All you have to do is pick two EXO shirts that you really like and then enter discount code FOMO EXO at checkout. That's FOMO EXO at checkout. You'll get one of those shirts for free. Um, you can get one for you or a friend or your mom or your sister or your dog or something like that. Um, and now without any further delay, here is Tamar Herman. Hey Tamar, welcome back to our podcast. Thanks so much for having me again. We're happy to have you back. Um, so with this episode today, I wanted to sort of almost do a little bit of a K-pop history lesson for myself. Um, I know there's been a lot of interesting, I want to call them comebacks, but they're in K-pop, that's obviously a tricky <laughs> term. So I guess more reunions, but they might continue making music. So it's not a limited reunion, but groups like TVXQ, NRG, Chechkis, <laughs> which I know I'm probably saying wrong and I apologize to fans. You just gave me a history or like a quick tip on how to pronounce it, right? I, what is I it? believe it's Jackie. Jackie. Is how people usually say it. Okay, I'm so I'm gonna try anything else. I'm gonna go with that. Jackie, I'll try to do that as well. Apologies to any fans listening if we're screwing that up at all. But yeah, with all these guys, sort of groups that either disbanded or have sort of been away for a while and then are starting to either have reunions, reunion tours, comebacks. I thought it might be interesting to talk about some of these guys since I don't know a ton about them and I don't know. As I started to research, I found out there's sort of different eras of K-pop that people talk about, so I thought maybe I could just ask you questions about that, and hopefully you know some of the answers. <laughs> I hope so, too. Um, okay, let's start from the sort of the first question that I have, and it sounds like there's almost three generations of K-pop that's out there. They refer to the first generation, second generation, and third generation. Um, yeah, that's pretty accurate. Um, people will tell you there are different generations now, uh, but I still we're either in the third or the fourth generation of K-pop. I'm kind of uh, particular about, not particular, but it's very fluid depending on what sort of generation you're talking about. Yeah. Um, usually first generation means the older groups from the late 90s to the mid 2000s and then starting in 2005 kind of you get the in-between like TVXQ is, is usually considered the start of the second generation. Okay. Um, or around that era like S 501 um, those guys. Uh, by the time you get to Big Bang and Super Junior's debuts, then you're like fully into the second generation of boy bands. Okay. Um, and girl groups is similar. Uh, and the third generation is kind of everybody who came after that who like looked up to those groups. So, okay. So uh, there's a little bit of a, a line where things are kind of confusing, like Infinite and Shiny are sometimes considered second generation, but also third generation. And now some people will consider this either fourth or fifth generation. Like, it's very confusing. Interesting. So, okay. Um, I, I tend to think in decades makes it easier to explain generations, but K-pop's okay. so quick moving that people don't actually think that way. Yeah. Um, so first generation would almost be like started in the late 90s. Yeah. And then second gen would be like the aughts, I guess you'd call it. Yeah. And then like... For, 
2010, 2011 would start third generation. Is that roughly yeah, accurate? Yeah, but like we're also seeing the end of that generation right now. So like we're kind of like already, already into the next generation. So it's kind of confusing. And I think it's a lot, it's really fluid. So when people talk about generations, I tend to be like, yeah, they're there, they exist. But like it's more older versus newer. Right. That makes sense. What group, is there a group that you can say, you said like once we saw the debut of like Super Junior and Big mm. Bang, we were solidly in second generation. Yeah, are there groups like that for, is that like EXO and BTS or are they almost fourth generation? Uh, no, probably, um, it's like confusing because like I was saying, like Shiny is kind of in between and so is like Infinite and Teen Top and all those ones who are around there. Yeah. But like EXO would be the next generation, but at the same time, like they have same some members who are the same age as in Shiny and Infinite. So like it's very, I don't know, it's just very, very fluid. But EXO yeah. I would say is definitely a different generation. Okay. Um, BTS is either the same or the next generation after EXO, depending on how quick the generations are changing nowadays. And it there's so much competition and so much change and diversity that I wouldn't necessarily say it's not a different generation. Um, but at the same time, like there's this thing in Korea where people always have acronyms for them and what is it it's like ebs it was exo big bang shiny and now it's exo bts 17. um so that's kind of just showing how fluid exos ranges right to some right. degree um and that's a pretty new phenomena amongst the new generation of k-pop fans because exo is really new but it was those it was ebs okay interesting and then yeah would you say as far as classifications is it more yeah, is it mostly, like you said, where it's easiest to just sort of think in generations and it's mainly a timeline thing? Or are there market differences where third generation K-pop added certain elements or has certain elements that are super different from second generation or first generation? So when I first started looking at the generations, a lot of people were defining it based on their physical features. Um, so like the first generation of boy bands were like kind of rough and like around the edges of like hip hop. -y. Okay. And then the second ones were more like sleeker, like there were a lot of suits going on. And then the third <laughs> one was more like, um, like a, asexual like shiny was jumping around stage in colorful skinny jeans and like okay. that was a thing and then they kind of went back to like the tough boys like it's very like kind of whatever you want it to be yeah um so some people will say it's physical some people will say it's musical i tend to think it's based on the ages of the fans who are the aim are the audience um so like the people who grew up listening to super junior and tvxu aren't the people who are listening to bts and xo usually or they're not yeah. fan they're not fans of them necessarily. They're still, they think of that generation as their their generation. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's perfect, because that, that's another question I wanted to ask you about. And we'll sort of, I've got specific questions about each of these groups that are sort of having these reunions. Yeah. But yeah, in general, with these comebacks or these reunions that we're starting to see happen, it seems like some of them are performing pretty well in terms of viewership yeah. and, and chart performance and all that sort of stuff. Are from what you know, is that mostly like nostalgic older fans or is that younger fans being down with these guys that have been around for a while? Like who's really consuming these new these new releases from I these old I tend groups? to think uh, Korean charts usually are veered towards older audiences. Okay. So I tend to think it's usually the older fans. So like Jackie's album doing really well was like cool for them, but also I didn't necessarily think it was the best album of the year, so I feel like it was a lot of nostalgia, like it was a nice album to listen to. Yeah. Uh, but I felt that it was very nostalgia driven and like they've had TV shows, what was it? I forget what it was called, but there was a TV, like a variety series last year or the year before that had a special 
show where they had a lot of the older groups get back together for one performance and all all of the songs went to the top of the charts. So it was clearly nostalgia driven. And since then, we've started seeing more and more groups come back and have reunions. So I think that was really, was it called like Totuga or something? Something like that, Totuga. And it just like had a lot of reunions and it really got the vibe back that the older generation the listeners who were once there and they were their big supporters are now back as like casual listeners who are gonna listen to the radio. Yeah, yeah. I feel like we're seeing that some in the West in too. The, like there yeah. was like the New Kids on the Block Backstreet Boys tour and I don't think there was a lot of like 13 to 17 year olds attending those. And no. then there's a Spice Girls reunion that's like, I feel G- like it's been G- coming. GM, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, yeah, I get it. I guess it's pretty similar. I mean, Backstreet here. is now like a bachelorette party thing to yeah. do. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, Okay, cool. All right, let's get into some of these groups that are having these reunions. We'll start with Jackie's, just so I can get through saying that and we can move on. Um, But yeah, so first of all, questions about the name of the group, because I know there's three members that are white and three members that are black. And so it's like the black keys and the white Keys, I think. Yeah, I mean, because the name in Korean sounds like Chick Keys. It's very confusing. So yeah. I think it's about the white keys on the piano and the black keys on the piano. Uh, but someone earlier today said it was crystals or something about the name. I don't really okay. know. And okay. I'm not a huge Jackie person. Um, but they were split up into, I think it was the black ones. The three were the rappers and the white ones were the vocalists. Um, they now only have five members. One of them has like formally retired as a Jackie member. Okay. He's not he's no longer in the game. Um but I think there's always like that little hope that maybe he'll show up somewhere. Just pop up somewhere. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah but yeah. He, right now they're promoting as a five member five group. group. Um and it's it's all the original except for that guy. Um and they they're interesting cuz they they literally like just like stopped their career at the end, at, at its height. Yeah, I was going to ask <laughs> about that. Like do you yeah, let's get into that. <laughs> so Jackie was like extremely extremely popular back in the I think in the late 90s I think 2000 actually yeah that's what I remember they disbanded in 2000 oh, yeah, they, yeah so it was like the late 90s and then 2000 yeah they they like had their special like anniversary concert and then like a few months later they just announced like we're disbanding like that's it yeah. like we're at our height and we're done um, and I have, I wasn't, I've no, I wasn't like a fan then. I have no idea like how people were feeling then. Mm-hmm. For me, it feels really weird um, that they did that. Like there must have been something going on behind the scenes to yeah. do that. Uh, it just doesn't seem to make sense to me, uh, especially since this, they were under the label. They're now under YG Entertainment, like Big Bang, 21, Blackpink, uh, Winner Icon, whatever. Um, but in, they were under DSP Media, which was... Uh, popular for Cara and Double S Five Hundred One and Card. They have Card now. Um, so like, it wasn't a. It was a weird thing to do because they were really on top, um, but like other boy bands of the time were also going through things. So like, HOT ended up breaking up really badly. Uh, Shin was still kicking. Um, it seemed to me, as uh, somebody who learned about it aftermath, that it probably the members' popularity. Yeah. caused a rift and they just like it wasn't cost efficient for members or a member or someone to be in the group anymore uh, so I'm sure some industry insiders know exactly what happened but like if you talk to anyone who's publicly spoken about it they're just like yeah it happened like <laughs> nobody knows how to respond to it it was such a strange thing it's like 
it's like if the Spice Girls just were just like after like like I don't know like their biggest hits come out and just like we're done or like uh, it's just really really strange yeah like I can't even <laughs> I can't really the world come is still dumbfounded like I, every time I think about it I'm just like that was really strange yeah. <laughs> like I don't have any other words for it um, I think it was a bit of the industry trying to find itself but when you're one of the two biggest boy bands in a boy band laden country like, the fact that you break up at the peak of your height something's yeah something is off yeah so I think it was definitely some some either something was going on in the company or something was going on in the industry and it was trying to figure it out I think they're Jackie's so weird because there was never any lawsuit like directly mm-hmm. that because a lot of the things we found out about like other groups and their breakups you found out through the courts right like that's all public so, because Jackie, I think I think they did have some lawsuits, but I don't like picking out my phone here. I like looking at right. it, but I don't think the members have ever said anything. Then, like the National Tax Service, I don't believe released any information. Like it was all very, yeah, we're doing this, and and I don't I don't really know. But yeah. like TV School is clearly uh, some things weren't going right in the industry. Yeah, let's let's dig in. What? So, yeah, I read some articles about them today and sort of tried to do a little bit of homework. I know they started out as a five-person group, but now they're like a duo. Um, and I know there was, yeah, some drama there about members wanting to leave and yeah. all this sort of stuff. So, yeah, if possible, can you give me like a quick like timeline of this group and sort of how it came together and how it sort of ended up where it's at so right now? So similarly how Jackie like kind of was at its height and then like crashed. Um, TVXQ was really at its height. Like they were the biggest boy band in like we didn't know about them in the US, but around Asia, which has a much bigger market than the US's market at the end yeah. of the day, they were the only boy band that mattered. Like it was EXO times a thousand. Um, and the five members were like, it was impossible to think that they wouldn't keep doing well. And then suddenly in 2009, um, SM Entertainment already had some other legal stuff going on that year with Super Junior, and then mm-hmm. suddenly three members of TVX were like, we're out. Oh, um, wow. <laughs> so if anybody who's listening was like a fan a few years ago when EXO had something like that, just imagine that on triple scale with the biggest group around, like even bigger, like it'd be like if three members of BTS, not that I want this to happen and I'm not saying this is going to happen, <laughs> but it'd be like if three members of BTS just up and left one day and said, we're out because the company treated us badly. And so all these fans kind of had to decide and, and many did and many didn't. Maybe many, there's still like people who support all five members and there's some who support yeah. two and there's some who support three. But they kind of had to decide like, are we believing the company on this? Or are we believing the three who said that they were mistreated? and SM Entertainment, like, I really love a lot of what the company puts out, and I think it's really been an innovator in the industry, but with Super Junior's case that was going on almost simultaneously, it was a Chinese member who, like, his visa had been messed up. He wasn't able to perform publicly, so, like, we had, at the same time as JYJ's member, oh, JYJ, the three members who left ended up becoming JYJ. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Jeju and Yuchun and Jensu. And so, like, the three of them were saying, we haven't been paid, we haven't been treated fairly, and, like, they should be ridiculously uh, successful stars at this point of their career. And mm-hmm. we were seeing simultaneously that, like, SM was in court for something that was pretty blatantly... I don't think they knew what they were doing with the Chinese members, so right. people were questioning the judgment of the company and the company's 
like legal team, I think, yeah. a little bit. Were all three of the guys that wanted to leave Chinese no, members? No, 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 no. Oh, okay. was, sorry, the Chinese member was in Super Junior and the three were Korean in TVXQ. And they okay. were pretty much saying they had been mistreated, they should be earning more because they'd been working so hard and doing so well. Mm-hmm. And they kind of, and because it was going on simultaneously to this Chinese Super Junior member suing the company for being mistreated oh, got it, got as it, a foreigner, um, like something was wrong with his contract and visa when he had come mm-hmm, over, so mm-hmm. his work wasn't proper. Um, so at the same time that there was that mismanagement, JYJ was like, hey, we're owed a lot of money. And I think initially, in retrospect, a lot of the support was to the three members. And now the winds have kind of shifted and people like just because <laughs> of public opinion about the members have kind of shifted over the years to like, maybe you guys were reaching too far. Yeah, um, I think that they, it was a it was a supremely talented group. And I think one of the best things to come out of K-pop that I really like are like the old acapella videos of all the five TVXQ members together. Um, But they were just really, really supremely talented as a group. And it kind of just like shut down for a minute. Yeah. And in 2000, I think it was 2009, maybe in 2010, they had, they dropped this Marotic album, which was amazing and phenomenal. And then suddenly they just stopped. And I had, I had become familiar with K-pop about a year before then, and I just remember this happening and being like, like I don't know if anybody else who's listening was a K-pop fan <laughs> in 2009. It was a rocky year. Like 2009, <laughs> 2010 were so hard. Like every five seconds, it was like, oh my gosh, who is leaving their company now? And JYG was kind of in the middle of it, and you didn't know what was happening to the other two members. And then they quiet, not quietly, they came back with like, keep your head down. It was a really dominating track, and they just revamped as a duo and. It wasn't that the two who stayed, you know, and, and Changmin were, or Max and, you know, whatever we're calling them. Um, they all had stage names that were really cheesy. Uh, <laughs> and they still use them, even though they're silly. Um, they came back and people kind of had doubted if they could do it, because, you know, was always the least vocally impressive member. He was like more of a rapper and a dancer. And then Changmin was known particularly for like his falsettos and his high notes, but they weren't really the ones carrying all their old songs. Interesting, okay, so that was gonna be one of my questions. They weren't necessarily the two number one most talented guys in the in the fivesome. They were all really talented, yeah. but they weren't the main vocalists. The main vocalists were, I think, in most of their songs. Uh, I mean, Changmin was one of the, the big, mm-hmm. like, it wasn't like they were left with no vocal talent. Um, Changmin was definitely, he was more known for carrying like the harmonies and melodies and stuff, but they right. weren't like, singing every verse. It was really Jinsu and, and Jaejung, and Jinsu's still really, uh, his albums are great. But um, Jaejung's are good too. But um, they just really kind of surprised everyone. They were able to redo their music. They were able, they're still able to perform their old songs as a duo, and it's yeah. quite impressive to see them live. Um, they came to some town, New York, and I saw them, and like, that was insane. <laughs> like <laughs> just seeing them be able to take over like the stage as the way the five had been able to. Yeah. Uh, and all their songs have kind of they started out with one style as the duo and now recently they've kind of matured their style and now they're doing this thing where the singles are delegated to one one to each member. So it seems like the two of them have found a good middle ground where on the singles, they're allowed to each do their own stuff, whatever they really want. Okay. And then for this, right now they just made a comeback each with an individual song, and but the previous before they enlisted was an album, and the singles were all solos, and then there were album tracks with the two of them. Okay. So it was okay. really interesting. Yeah. And does their, does their music sound, like does it sound like something that 
is a song that would come out in 2017? Does it sound like their old style? Oh. Like, where is it sort of, is it a good blend um, of both? I think it's a good blend of both. I think they're still kind of trying to figure that out. Like, I don't know when these songs were recorded. Part of me was wondering if these songs that they just released were was supposed to be on the old album because they kind of sound like they were supposed to be coming on their more their older stuff rather mm -hmm. than and they were just like we're out of the military let's just release some songs yeah um especially Changman's song sounds like it should have been on the last album uh you know song sounds a lot like what you would expect from tvxq so okay. which is really performance driven dance song they were they were known for really radical sounds as even as a five they were known as really really strong performance songs. I think SM calls it like SMP is the genre. It's like SM performance. Yeah. Um, and then they were also known for really, really pretty ballads. <laughs> so like they have a lot of range and they kind of are going with it. And Changmin tends to do like EDM ballads and, you know, okay. tends to do like either performance driven songs or really like funky, groovy songs. So, cause he's a dancer. So they tend to do whatever's their strengths and then they come together for whatever they want also. It's like really kind of cool, nice. but I think it's mostly propelled by the fans at this point. Like, yeah. I, I don't think their songs charted in Korea. Okay. And then is JYJ still a thing? Or are they still making music? Um, or? <laughs> um, this is awkward. So um, <laughs> at least one of them is in the army, but he's also in the middle of a really ridiculously bad press run because he was involved in a assault case and a lot of weird, weird stuff is happening and he's like, might be getting married. It's really strange. Okay. Um, <laughs> Jung, they haven't released an album in a while. Jung also, um, I think he's acting now after his enlistment. I don't know if he's releasing any new music. He's focused primarily on Japanese audience because Japanese fans still really love JYJ and TVXQ. Okay. And Jinsu's released albums, but I think he's mostly, I don't think he's done anything this year. I think he's enlisting and he probably, he might be preparing a new album, but he's been doing a lot of musicals. Okay. So, so like, yeah, they haven't officially yeah. disbanded or anything, but they're also not just like cranking out. Yeah. I don't songs. know how their relationship, like usually you can tell from some of the older groups, like they'll hang out on Instagram or whatever. Yeah. And I can't remember the last not time I saw any news about them hanging <laughs> okay. out together. Makes sense. But it could just be because they are in different places right now but I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. So without getting too off topic, mm -hmm. I have a couple random TVXQ questions No, go ahead. You. I love TVXQ. All right. What's DBSK? <laughs> oh, okay. So TVXQ's name is really confusing. It's Dongbang uh, Shinki, which is Gods of the East in Korean, and, but it's Chinese characters. So um, depending on the romanization, it could either be spelled TVXQ in English or the, like Dongfang Shinki or it could be DBSK. Okay. So don't so it's either in right now I would always do it as Dongfang Shinki if I was romanizing it just based on the modern um, romanization style of Korean, but the older one would do Dongfang Shinki which is more similar to the Chinese. Mm -hmm. um, so it would be TVXQ. So that's kind of what they went with um, and it's it is also similar to how it's pronounced in Chinese, so it, it really went with the Chinese characters. Um, You're just dropping language knowledge oh, on sorry. all it's of our listeners. No, it's awesome. Um, K-pop's really confusing a lot of the time. Like, this is really, really random, but um, Infinite Sangyeol spells his name differently on like three albums. Really? <laughs> so his name is S-U-N-G-Y-E-O-L, but on his Instagram, he doesn't spell it that way. And in at least one album, there's an R in it. Like, wow. in like the middle, <laughs> like Sangyeol. And it's because of Romani Romanizing Korean is really weird. Yeah, yeah. So um, TVXQ just kind of has like a thousand names in Japanese. They're like 
uh, Tohoshinki, and so people will call them that too. And people, I've literally heard people have conversations where they didn't realize they were talking about the same band. <laughs> it's very annoying. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, okay, other question was, I read an article that said they're kind of known as the kings of K-pop. Yeah, they also call themselves that all the time. Okay, um, so my question was, in my if someone asked me who are the kings of K-pop, mm -hmm. I thought that would be Big Bang, and that's not a preference, that's just mm -hmm. what I've heard people refer yeah. to Big Bang as as well. Is there like anything contentious there? Is it like... <laughs> um, I mean, I think it's two things. There's always the SM versus YG rivalry that will be forever lasting, right. um, but it was also... TVXQ were the kings of K-pop undisputedly in the late 2000s and sorry in yeah in the late 2000s like you couldn't you couldn't deny their presence yeah. and Big Bang was hardly a blip on the radar at that point mm -hmm. um, people can attack me for this if they want but Big Bang really got their they were doing really they were on the upscale up on the upswing just as TVXQ kind of had their contractual issues yeah so a bunch of groups really were able to dive in and, and really gain from that that lack that was going on. TVXU suddenly yeah. there was this void where nobody knew what was going on for two years of their career with all five members. Like you, you there was nothing. Or maybe it was one member one year for JYJ, but whatever it was, like mm. you had this big huge group. Like Marotic came out, it was kind of like Jackie, like they dropped a really popular album and then suddenly they were in the middle of a lawsuit. Yeah. And so nobody really knew what was going on. And it happened to come out just as Big Bang was really doing well after Haruharu and Lies. And then by 2012, Fantastic Baby came out, and that was really when uh, Big Bang was just like, ah, you guys are the kings of K-pop. Yeah. K-pop, a lot of groups really benefit when there's a void of an older act, whether it's because of military enlistments or because they're just on a hiatus or something. Yeah. So we see that now with new acts. Also, like, they really benefit when, like, you drop an album in the middle when nobody's dropping anything else, and you just do well. Yeah. So another great transition because I wanted to ask you about the military enlistment mm -hmm. stuff yeah. um, it seems like the guys have some flexibility around when when they take those two years but I was curious is do you think that's ever either a pain point or affects the trajectory of a group or is it more something that they can sort of use when things aren't going great and it's like well they have to do their military service anyways um, sort of thing so it used to be until 2009 that it was you broke up when you had military service like you worked okay. until you could and then it was like I don't actually know if any group lasted that long I don't only group that I know that ser that went through their military service and was still lasting was Shinwa and they mm -hmm. they had already left their company so they were like kind of disjointed and still we're still together but we don't really know what we're doing yeah. um, and they've survived really really successfully um, which I think is more to the members dedication to the name rather or, or the, each other than anything else but until it's always okay just like I had to put this out there that I followed Super Junior's career quite closely and that's why this is this but also a lot of the controversies that were really big controversies had similar to lesser degree with Super Junior so in 2009 Super Junior's member Kangen had a DUI DWI incident and pretty much SM sent him to the army as like a hiatus for him. Okay. And he was the first modern K-pop idol to come back and participate in his group activities and it kind of became okay. because of the members the group size with multiple members they were able to rotate in and out members and until that happened we weren't really seeing that happen like Right. I wasn't sure TVXU would come out of the army and reform because it hadn't really happened where the whole group had gone in and come out. And it wasn't, mm -hmm. it's not something, it's not something 100%, I think, to to older K-pop fans that, or 
K-pop followers that groups will reform after the members go to the army because a lot of times it's at the end of a contract term, unless it's written into the contract that they're gonna take those two years. So, um, so now groups like you'll hear them talk on TV shows like this one has three years left because his military career like was already finished but it wasn't counted or this one does like mm-hmm. it's very confusing um, how it all kind of plays into it. and I don't think it's something you can definitely bet on that a group will reform or yeah. use it like some groups have really used it really successfully as, a, as like you said as like a way to like hide members away when they've done something bad yeah um, but not always um, sometimes it just happens that it works out <laughs> that way uh, like in some cases yeah. um, but it's not, I don't think it's ideal for any group to take a two year hiatus. So some, like a group like Super Junior where they can able to rotate and still have members who are active in the industry. Yeah. That's really financially beneficial. Um, so TVXU is the only group I know that's been entirely in the military at one time. Yeah. Um, and that's just cause they were only two members. <laughs> but like Big Bang isn't doing that. And I, I mean, I think a lot of people expect them to return from the military as a five member band, but honestly, like you won't know until another three or four years because there's still only one's gone in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, like that's a really long time. Yeah, and do you know, again, this may be way too specific, but are, what are the rules? Is it like sometime between the ages of 18 uh, and 25? Yeah, yeah. You have it's to- It's sometimes like, between the ages of 18 and 30. You have okay. to serve about 22 months in the military, depending on what part of the military you serve in. Mm-hmm. Uh, depending on what you can do, you can't, if you're a celebrity, you can't really do anything public unless you're in one of the public units. Mm-hmm. Um, occasionally, some idols will be able to take, if they're working, like a lot of idols get out, a lot of celebrities get out of active duty for either health issues or whatever, like they yeah. always make things up. Um, sorry, not all of them. Some of them really seriously have <laughs> issues. Like there's been so many car accidents and stuff. Right. So a lot of the time they'll be in like the police force or something. So like you'll see members once in a while, like vital groups like showing up at something public because it's a day off or something Mm -hmm. but it's pretty rare because they're not really supposed to be public figures while they're in the military um you you can defer Mm -hmm. i don't think i think as celebrities are able to defer because it it has to affect it would affect your career you can defer i believe if you're in the in university or if you're in the middle of a profession where it would hurt your career and i think and celebrity dumb does that yeah um there's very few it used to be a lot more idols would try to get out of it but now it's become known as like um like a free pass if you go to the army like no matter if you especially if you do active service like no matter how bad you are like you'll always have the support of like korean males (laughs) because they like (laughs) appreciate that you suffered with them yeah 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 that makes sense yeah So, so um idols especially ones who have like publicly been in car accidents and then go serve in the military as active duty rather than like police officers usually get like a lot of praise mm-hmm. and a few there's been a few who have been like in the marines and they like oh wow you can never doubt them ever again in yeah <laughs> I, I wouldn't <laughs> all right you get credit okay cool i guess yeah i guess my last couple questions are just more bigger picture stuff about these reunions and these comebacks like do you think do you expect these guys to to stick around and be making music for a while or do you think it's more like kind of taking advantage of some sort of anniversary or just like a quick moment of nostalgia and then they'll sort of you know not be putting out more I stuff? really think it depends on the group and their fans um like Jackie like they did well on the charts so I think they may have expected it to be a one-time thing mm-hmm. and then like they released a special anniversary album and then they were like oh one more would be cool 
but then they did really well, so like, why not? Yeah. Um, I think other groups, uh, so the other ones we've talked about, like TVXT, like they're an yeah. SM group, and SM Entertainment's really, really good at keeping their older artists involved in the industry to some degree, either as mm-hmm. producers or as entertainers or something. Yeah. So if they want to keep putting out music and the company still thinks there's profit to be had, I assume that they'll keep putting out music. Yeah. Um, other groups that are making comebacks, like Turbo made a comeback last year and Energy's doing one. I think it depends on really how the fans respond. Like, they're not going to yeah. do something that hasn't been done in 20 years twice if it's not going to do well. Right. But I think it's nostalgia-driven, and I think it's... I mean, it could be nostalgia. I think it's primarily nostalgia from the fans, and some people are looking to make a quick buck. But yeah. at the same time, it might just be like... They didn't know that that audience was still there. Yeah. So if the audience sticks around, yeah. the group will stick around. Sort of also, thing. because a lot of these acts that are coming back, they weren't involved. Like they weren't around in the age of social media. Yeah. So they probably have no idea how big their audience is now, or how big K-pop's audience is now. Right. Right. That makes a ton of so sense. So I think it's quite a different industry than they were in. Many of them were in. Yeah. And are there any groups that you would love to see a reunion from? Like anybody you really, really miss that you wish would come back? Anybody I really miss. (laughs) There are a few, but I'm like, I don't know how much I'd want to see them now. (laughs) I guess the one, uh, the group that that was kind of on its waning days when I got into K-pop was Double S 501. And if if most, I feel like most young K-pop fans have no idea who they are. I have But they were like TVXT's (laughs) relative (laughs) rivals of the time. Okay. Um, So they, if anybody ever watched like, um, whatchamacallit, Boys Over Flowers, um, one of the main guys is one of their members and he's had a lot of like, issues legally but the other i really like some of their vocalists okay. so they actually have three doing double s 301 right now um but <laughs> there is their other vocalist park jungman who i think has a great voice so yeah. i really want to see them come together as five even though they are definitely problematic um i think so. hot would be a cool one but that's never gonna happen in like six yeah i feel like years. the fans would go crazy though right because even i don't know a lot of the groups from sort of the first generation be. but hot I've, I've even heard that name i don't a lot think of they like could come back like I just I really don't think the members could and I don't think the fans like the fans would be excited but I think they would just tear tear like the industry apart like I really if if you're interested in watching like a really interesting take on like early k-pop fandom watch the Korean tv show answer me 1997 like it's crazy what these fans do and like it and I've spoken to a few people and they're like you know that's actually what happened and you're just like Wow, I thought fans were bad now, but like before cell phones or anything, these people were crazy. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Imagine, yeah, if you couldn't stalk someone on Instagram, you just got to go real life stalk. Like there's them. this one, there's this one scene where like the main character like proves that she loves the member so much by writing her name in blood on like a poster or something. Mm-hmm. Um, like writing that I love him and like the fandom leaders decide that she's too crazy of a fan because of it. And you're just like, like they had so few ways to show how much they right. love their band members. So like they just do that. And it's just really, really crazy. I and love it's, it. It's like we found the line in fandom. Yeah. <laughs> I've never heard of fans saying another fan went too it, went It's too like far. a crazy moment. And you're just like watching this and you just, you saw all the other crazy things these people are doing. And then they're just like, no, that's too much. No, that's too <laughs> and, and like, if, if you can just imagine someone doing that now and being attacked on social media, like, Imagine in person how much worse it is. Yeah. (laughs) 
Oh, that's really funny. So that's that's my suggestion for if you want to know a little bit more about like H.O.T. and Jackie's fandom. Definitely gonna check that out. Such a good show. <laughs> it's my favorite TV show from Korea. <laughs> Oh man, well I I think that's it. I feel like I know a lot more about sort of the earlier so. K pop generations, especially about Jackie's and TVXQ. TVXQ slash DBSK <laughs> and general <laughs> romanization. <laughs> yeah, their names Gods of the East, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, thanks so much for being on the podcast. Where can people find you online if they want to tweet at you either love or hate messages? <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully love messages. Um, you can tweet at me at Tamar Writes. It's Tamar, my name. And again, it's like Tamara without an A at the end. Writes because I'm a writer. Um, T-A-M-A-R-W-R-I-T-E-S at Twitter and also on Instagram. But I usually just post pictures of flowers there. And nice. concerts. So, sounds, sounds like a yeah. good feed. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Awesome. Well, thanks. We will have you on again sometime soon, I'm sure. All right. Bye, guys. <laughs> Hey guys, uh, so I hope you enjoyed that episode. Uh, if you have any questions or comments or feedback for us, make sure to let us know in the comment section of whatever app you're currently listening to this on. We're obviously on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher. You can find us on a lot of platforms. So give us a thumbs up, give us a follow, um, and thanks for listening. Also, quick reminder, it is FOMO XO week at the FOMO Daily Shop. That means all XO shirts are buy one, get one free at shop.fomodaily.com. Just enter code FOMOXO at checkout. You'll get one of your shirts for free. That's F-O-M-O-E-X-O. All right, we'll see you next time.